0: What's going on, guys? This is Rob Carbone, and you're listening to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis than by tuning into this podcast right here, right now. Let's go. What's going on guys? Rob Carbone coming at you with episode 55 of BD4. Now, if you are watching this on YouTube for the first time and you've somehow just stumbled across my mess of a channel, welcome. My name is Rob Carbone and I am a blogger slash podcaster on the New York Knicks and also the New York Yankees. Um... I blog daily on the Yankees and Knicks about every game. I recap every single one of them. I'll write about the league news, whatever's going around, or, uh, going on around them. Blah blah blah. You can uh, you can find the link to my blog, to my podcast, my other uh, site to the podcast. You can find all that stuff right in the description on my channel. Um, but if you are you know familiar with my with my blog, with my podcast, with my website, welcome back. And then, you know, I am uh, starting my first video podcast because obviously we are 55 episodes in now to my podcast, but I've never done it in the format of a video before. So this is going to be the first time I'm trying this out. I know I said I do it in January of 2020, but, you know, I figured why not just give it a go now, get used to everything, um, test the waters a little bit here. And um, see how this thing goes. So, I appreciate you guys stopping by. If you, again, if you're new here, please toss a follow, um, subscribe, all that fun stuff. But yeah, so we're gonna continue to do what we usually do, and we're gonna talk about the Knicks tonight. Um, so after Monday night, where I didn't catch that game, I'll be honest, it was one of the few games of the season that I missed. I missed two games all year. Monday night is one of them, and um, the Knicks came out with. Very little focus, though. From what I read about, from what I you know listened to, you know, I was listening to a couple of uh, other podcasts about Monday night's game against the Wizards. You know, they were all saying the same thing that the Knicks came out with little focus and little intensity on either side of the floor and let a G League Washington Wizards team, um, you know, decapitate them pretty much on their own home floor. You know, the Knicks were lacking focus from shoot around. Certain players called the team out for that. Mike Miller didn't have himself a good game. He used some poor lineups that game. Um, He took a lot of heat, rightly so. And, you know, it was one of them games where it was pretty unacceptable for a young team who aren't going to win many games to begin with. You've got to come out with better preparation and um, got to give a better effort out there. So when you have a game like that, the most important thing to do is to respond the very next night. And, you know, that's exactly what the Knicks did at Barclays Center last night. Um, They held the Nets to 82 points, 27% shooting from the floor, 26% from downtown, and just eight two-point attempts. Just two of the Nets' 12 players scored in double figures. Um, Only one scored over 20 points, which was Spencer Dinwiddie with 25 and, you know, the Knicks just suffocated them all night long, played very tight up in their grill all night, playing as these pests. You know, they wouldn't let them get anything their way. Um, they just, you know, made them uncomfortable the entire night. Um, so defensively, you like the effort that you saw from everybody, from top to bottom, from starting rotation. Eh, gosh, starting rotation. I'm still thinking about baseball. From the starting lineup to the bench, everybody pretty much played very good defense. Um, Mitchell Robinson was an excellent paint presence off the bench that game. 10 points, you know, throwing down lobs off pick and roll, um, 10 rebounds, five offensive boards, uh, five defensive boards, two block shots, altering a number of shots, doing a bunch of things down low on that paint as he usually does. Right. And that's the thing with Mitchell Robinson. When he stays out of foul trouble, right, when he avoids the foul trouble and, you know, avoids those cheap little fouls, those ticky-tacky fouls. And when he's disciplined, staying on his feet, um, not letting defenders get by him and having to reach around and foul him, he is much more effective that way. And we've seen him play this way under Mike Miller over the past couple of weeks where he's much more disciplined and he's playing smarter defensively. And this has allowed him to play more minutes. And the more minutes Mitch plays, ironically enough, is you know, the more minutes he plays, the less he'll foul. It's it's kind of you know it's it's backwards in a way, but that's how it rolls with Mitchell Robinson, man. You let his guy, you let this guy give you minutes, and he's going to be a an a a, a, what's it called a nightly double double threat, who can give you two, three, sometimes four blocks. This is a guy who's a defensive minded, you know nightmare to some offensive players down there. Like I said, he doesn't just block shots, but he alters them. He makes people think twice before driving to the rim. He he blocked Spencer Dinwiddie last night. That was pretty impressive to me. So, you know, we got to keep him, keep Mitchell Robinson out on that floor. And, you know, it's eventually going to have to come to where he starts in that lineup. Um, I'm hoping it's very, very soon because I'm not that I'm getting tired of Taj Gibson, but I'm kind of getting tired of Taj Gibson. <laughs> but no, really, though, Mitchell Robinson, not only is, is he young, and is going to help to you know, help grow the young foundation, but he will also, you know, he's better than Taj Gibson at this point. I believe he can help the Knicks win some games too. So he brings a balance of growing and developing and trying to win some games at the same time. Um, so it, it's time to give him a, uh, give him the start, I believe because he clicks so well with so many people in that starting lineup. Um, especially the Alfred Payton, and last night, Alfred Payton had himself another good night as the Knicks point guard, the Knicks' starting point guard. Since being inserted into the rotation, Payton has earned his way into the starting lineup because he's played so well. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists last night. He He's a good point guard, man. That's what the Knicks have been looking for, as silly as that sounds. They just want a point guard. As simple as that sounds, they have it. They have a guy playing point guard out there. Somebody who's going to direct traffic, you know, orchestrate a little bit, play quarterback for the Knicks, if you will. Um, you know, his aggressiveness pays off so tremendously because we've seen Frank Nelokina struggle with aggressiveness at times. He can't generate his own offense, and he has he has trouble generating offense for his teammates as well. We never see Frank drive to the rim. We don't see him, you know, dig into his bag of tricks as much as we'd like. But Frank Nelokina, I'm sorry, but Alfred Payton... He's doing that more. He drives into the paint consistently, and he'll either put up a layup, or he'll drive and kick it out to a teammate. He'll set his teammates up for, you know, give them an open look and an opportunity to score. He's a pass-first, team-first guy. He's a dimer. You know, I call him mini Rajan Rondo because that's who he is for the Knicks. He's their catalyst. He runs things. He knows how to direct an offense. So I love the way Alfred Payton's playing on both ends, too. He's defending very well, too. I like the way he's playing. Yeah, he's probably not part of their long-term future. But again, while you're trying to balance growing and winning at the same time, I think he's your better option because of how far ahead he is of the other two Nick Point guards. Because we haven't even talked about Dennis Smith Jr. yet, who... Let's be honest, Smith Jr. is just a head case. Um, The guy once out of New York, that was the most recent rumor I heard today... And, you know, you could honestly, you, you didn't need the rumor today to tell you that he wants out. The guy's body language all season has been bad. He gives little to zero effort defensively. Offensively, he forgot how to shoot a basketball. He may have to go back to square one and learn how to do it all again. Um, he's just a mess. He gives the Knicks little to zero on the floor. And it needs to, you know, we need to cut, cut out the three-guard rotation thing and trade him as quickly and as soon as possible. I, I like I like Peyton, Peyton starting for the Knicks, and I like Frank Nulikina coming off the bench as a viable backup. Um, so he had a good game. Mitchell had a good game. Marcus Morris had a strong game last night, too. 22 points, got off to a slow start, didn't hit a field goal in the first quarter. Second quarter, he was up and down, but hit a couple of shots in a row towards the end of the second quarter where... He snapped a 7 nothing Nets run. And the third quarter came. Marcus Morris started hitting a bunch of threes. And he finished with 22 points and what was it, eight rebounds or something like that. He played very well. And, you know, as for him, he continues to up that trade value, right? Listen, I love Morris. I love him as much as you do. It's funny that I'm saying that because he's a guy that had to grow on me from the start of the year. But I've grown to like him a lot. Um, I think he's an excellent veteran leader. He is an excellent three-point shooter this season. He's playing great defense. He's been a good 3 and D presence. Um, but again, this is a 30, 31-year-old who is playing the best ball of his career. Why waste his you know, prime on the Knicks where they're not going to win anything this year? As opposed to you know trading him to a contender like the Clippers. Or to somebody like the Portland Trailblazers where... <clears throat> excuse me, where um they're trying to get into the playoffs and they need that extra push. He could probably help that team out. And you know, trading him to a contender not only helps Morris, but it helps the Knicks potentially get a first round pick in return. And that is big because we're trying to develop a young squad here. Get as many assets in return as possible. Get as many, you know, uh draft picks and you gotta stock up on those draft picks, man. We need as many as possible. So it's one of those things where you need to uh, strike while the iron is hot. And right now it's piping hot after a 22-point performance to continue his excellent career year from Morris last night. Who else do I got? Talked about Mitch, Peyton, Morris, but Julius Randle, the best player last night on the floor. Um, you know, after scoring 35 in, um, what was it? He scored 35 points on um, Monday night against the Wizards. Julius Randle came out and put on a dominant display once again last night in Barkley Center. 33 points, 14 out of 26. He was efficient from the floor. Shot 5 of 9 from deep, which was a career-high 5 three-pointers. Um, rebounded, passed more. Turned it over less, played better help defense, and this has been a consistent thing. It hasn't just been tonight, yesterday, and tomorrow. It's been something that's been happening over the past couple of weeks. Another one of those things like Mitchell Robinson has went through where Mike Miller has elevated the game or helped elevate the game of Julius Randle. You know, as you guys you guys can remember at the start of the season under David Fisdale, and I'm not trying to keep harping on Fisdale, but at the start of the season under Fisdale through about 18 or 22 games under Fisdale, Julius was playing more as this point forward as opposed to a power forward, right? He was taking the ball up court, over dribbling, fumbling off his leg, shot creating. As opposed to what he's doing now, when he's not taking it up court, he's playing more as a power forward, playing downhill, not shot creating, but, you know, spot up shooting. And, you know, all of his, a lot of his baskets are coming off of assists and things such as that. He's playing downhill, using his strength, his physicality. He's still shooting, you know, from three, but it's smarter shots that he's taking. You know, he's playing better on the block, on the elbow. He's being smart out there. He's using his talents the right way. And that's what we love, man. That's what we got him for. We paid money for Randall to be this guy and not that guy, right? Before he wasn't making the winning plays. Now he seems to be making the right winning plays, playing more efficiently um, so far. It's, you know, we got a long way to go, but we've seen the turnaround right now. He's being more efficient, being smarter, playing under control, being tamed right now. So that's good. We have a lot of Knicks right now clicking. Um, again, I'm not saying, you know, shit's going to turn around and the Knicks are going to go on this big run and shock the world and, you know, crack the eight seed. But, um, no, absolutely not. But what I am saying is from where they were earlier in the year, playing four in 18 basketball under 20% of their games, um, winning under 20% of their games, it's good to see that they're doing significantly better now, um, you know, winning 40% of their games so far in 10 games under Miller. You know they're they're moving the ball a little more, but it's more like the off-ball movement that I'm noticing. Guys are you know cutting more, they're setting more screens, making more hustle plays, diving for this the loose balls, um, screen assists, things like you know they're 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 just doing things to help the team more. Um, running more pick-and-roll, more pick-and-pop, double horns, whatever kind of set needs to be run. The Knicks seem to be doing it more. They're more active on both ends. Defensively, they're not just switching on every single screen. You know, the wings and guards are trying to fight over the screen while the bigs will drop back, have the play develop, then get up on their man. It's, you know, they're playing more drop coverage. They're doing different things defensively, paying attention to detail. They are, you know, they're they're not just double-teaming every time and leaving one man wide open in the corner. They are doing smarter things on both ends of the floor. They are playing within an organized system. So you just got to like the way they're playing right now. So we'll see how long it lasts. You know, I don't know if it will continue. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. If they continue to play hard and if they continue to play smart, there is no reason to expect less than 400 ball under Miller going forward for the rest of the season. That would be a you know something I would definitely accept if the Knicks can play 400 ball, which means winning 25 of the 60 games under Miller, that would give them 29 total for the rest of the year, uh, all together on the year. And I will take that. I will take that in a heartbeat from the Knicks if they could just show me some kind of competence here to close out the rest of the season as they've done so far um, under Miller's term. So we'll see what happens. That's that, guys. I'm gonna end this one right here and. Um, Yeah, that's BD4 episode 55, Rob Carbone signing out. I'll see you next time. Ciao.